0: Well, hey, good Friday afternoon, everyone. Just wanted to come to you real quick with a sales meeting short video. Uh, We've got some great stuff in here with some stats from January. We've got uh, some information about the new upcoming contract that we're gonna be going to in June for all about due diligence and a few thrifty tech tips. Not a long uh, video today, but since we didn't have a sales meeting this week because of the awards and the ceremony, which by the way, it was great to see everybody there that we did. Uh, the virtual awards uh, that was happened on it. YouTube was just fantastic. So, hope everybody enjoyed it and let's get started. All right. So, the one thing I always want to do is I want to start off with one of the famous quotes uh, that uh, is a make you feel good famous quote. And I, I love this one by Ralph Walder Emerson um, Do not go where the path may lead, instead, go where there is no path and leave a trail. What are we saying here? Just because others have went down a trail doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go down the same trail be your own innovator be your own person that invents things and if you want to try something new if it's going to fit you take that path go down don't worry about failure leave that trail and let other people follow let other people follow you Some market stats that we've been seeing in January, check out some of these uh, amazing numbers. 2021, we had 1,471 uh, new listings. and 2022, that went down 200, 1,271 new listings. The average days in the market dropped by nine days. Uh, The median price actually went up significantly in January 2022, and the average price also went up significantly in 2020 to 317 from 294. So regarding the sold listings, which was most, what most people wanna see is uh, 2021, we had 1,042 properties sold. And 2022, we had 1111 sold properties. Uh, pending sales went way down obviously because inventory went down, pending sales went way down too. Month supply also we saw a decrease and the inventory, we saw a significant decrease there as well. Now, do the do, do the do. What am I trying to say here? Due diligence only contract is going to go into effect June 13th of this year. The state association has decided on June 13th. That came after uh, the forms committee on this past Monday met through the state and they had decided that June 13th was gonna be the drop dead date for due diligence to go into effect. So I wanna make a real quick disclaimer here. Um, the verbiage you're gonna see is in right now in the current contract. Now, I cannot recall absolutely whether there's any verbiage changes, changes within the new contract that we're gonna have. I'm almost positive it's exactly the same. However, if we may have had to add a word calendar date or something like that, it's going to be so slight. There's not going to be any things that actually change with the way due diligence done or any terms of due diligence. It's going to be exactly the same of what we have now. So let's just brush up on that. All right. So the due diligence period begins on the effective date. Obviously, the date that the contract goes into effect Okay, and shall expire at 6 p.m. on, and there's one date there. There's one lined, but a calendar date. Any extension of this date must be made in writing and agreed to by both parties, okay? So if you need to extend the due diligence date, there needs to be something in writing, Form 390, the blank addendum, due diligence uh, expiration will, or the due diligence period will expire on a new date at 6 p.m., okay? So that needs to be made in writing, do not use emails, use an addendum please. All right, so this is a straight cutout from the current contract that we have. During the due diligence period, the buyer may take timely prudent steps to help buyer inspectors, seller estimators, and realtors all have adequate time for the following buyer to coordinate inspections and repair requests, seller to obtain repair estimates, buyer and seller to negotiate repairs, and buyer to potentially timely, properly due, due diligence, terminate, or buy. Okay, so what you need to understand is in standard repair procedure, there's a time frame for buyer to get all their repair requests, then the, uh, the repair addendum is submitted, and then the seller has a time frame to get back, that's a different date, and then the buyer has two more calendar dates. All that is going away you have one calendar date that everything has to be completed in. So the due diligence time frame may be a little bit longer than your standard inspection period, because you got to make sure that you get all your inspections done. You get your repair requests written, you get it over to the seller. The seller uh, has to get that back to you in a certain period of time and uh, you get that taken care of uh, and you get it done by that one date. Now, I wanna say this, there is an expiration date on the repair addendum that most people haven't utilized because in that repair addendum, it states that putting expiration date does not override what's already in the Section 8 repair procedure deadline, okay? When we go to due diligence, that expiration date is going to become crucial because you need to make sure if you're representing a buyer, that you've gotta put the seller's feet to the fire to get you an answer back with how they are going to handle their their repair request, how they're gonna handle everything, okay? Because then you gotta get that back to your buyer to say whether or not they'll accept that or they wanna renegotiate that or or properly and timely due diligence uh, terminate. Um, So remember that uh, expiration date in the repair form 525. That is going to become crucial. I cannot stress that enough. Okay. During the due diligence period, the seller agrees. Buyer may rely on the following list of five items in accordance with contract and laws. Buyer is solely responsible for inspections. Buyer is not required to inspect. Okay. You're not required to inspect until buyer timely slash properly That's a big word there, properly terminates the contract or the parties agree on an amended contract. The buyer can rely on number one, two, three, four, and five. Time is of the essence, all in capital bold letters. Delivering a repair request does not extend the due diligence period, okay? So just because you submit Form 525, it doesn't extend that one date that you've already put in the due diligence period. Please understand that, okay? Got to be done. Everything has to be done by that one date. Okay. So, number one, conduct and obtain inspections on and off site. Okay. On and off site. I've always said if the buyer doesn't know that they are offering on a house and a block away is the county dump and they find that out, they can terminate the contract because they had no idea that a county dump was there. Okay. Okay, so it's on and offsite conditions. Number two, deliver repair request notice to the seller. It even gives you the form, form SCR, form 525 with all repair requests, all portions of reports. You have to understand that. You've got to get out of your mind starting in June that we're not dealing with the nine systems of the house. We're not dealing with HVAC or uh, specifically or, 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 or plumbing issues or water supply or water waste or roof leaks or anything. It is everything. Anything goes now, okay? So if little Johnny put his head through the drywall, yeah, that's uh, cosmetic, but now in due diligence, you can request that seller to fix little Johnny's head from uh, damaging the drywall. Uh, I just said that wrong. I don't want you to fix little Johnny's head. I want you to fix the drywall that little Johnny's head actually went through the drywall. Bad analogy. Um, Let's see, number three, proceed under amended contract. So. When the Form 525 gets out, it gets to the seller. Seller says, yay or nay, what they're going to do. It goes back to the buyer. Buyer says, absolutely no problem, we'll accept that. And you go ahead and proceed, okay? Or proceed under an as-is contract. Example, the buyer desires desires to buy anyway. Buyer wants wants the property without repairs, so they can do all their inspections. And then you can just proceed and move on, and you can do as-is if you don't submit a repair request. And it goes past that date, you can just go right on to closing and not ever think about it. You can also, after your um, uh, inspection inspections, if you don't even want to uh, put in a repair request, you can just put an addendum saying, "Hey, I I, I waive all other inspections. that's proceed to closing." Um, or you can let you can let the seller know up front. Buyer will not ask for any repairs. If they want to do a a as-is contract, buyer will not ask for any repairs whatsoever. If you want to make a stronger offer, that would be a way that you could do that uh, because the as-is language is going away when uh, on June 13th as well. So, or number five, they can terminate the contract by timely slash properly delivering notice of termination. Look at this, that word, and it's only a three-letter word, but it's extremely important. Let me go back again. Terminate the contract by timely slash properly delivering notice of termination and termination fee to seller within the due diligence period. All right. So it goes on and talks about termination. During the due diligence period, the buyer may unilaterally, one party, unilaterally terminate this contract only, only, by delivering to the seller both, see that? Both, the notice of termination, which is SCR Form 313 and a termination fee. So we've seen in contracts before, there's zero termination fee uh, that that buyer puts in and the seller accepts it. Well, I'm gonna highly, highly encourage you to put a dollar something in there, okay? I do not encourage you to put $1, okay? Uh, I do encourage you to put something in there. You've got to deliver. If your buyer wants to terminate during a due diligence contract, you've got to have a termination fee. Otherwise, it is not a proper termination like the contract says. By the way, this is also unilateral. One party, the other party does not have to agree with the reason why you are terminating. Okay, We'll get into the Form 313 later. This is just an update on how uh, due diligence is done for you. Okay, so during the due diligence period, should the buyer fail to obtain a new or amended contract with the seller or buyer fail to timely slash properly due diligence, terminate the contract during the due diligence period, look at this, the buyer agrees to buy and seller agrees to sell the property as is, as is. You don't get that done before that date, you're agreeing to buy that property as is. Parties agree as is means buyer buys the property for the purchase price while seller maintains the property from the effective date through closing, subject to normal wear, otherwise without repair or replacement, and sells the property for the purchase price, unless otherwise agreed and writing by the parties of the contract. So the seller still has to maintain the property. If something goes out, it needs to be maintained. Okay. Uh, it's subject to normal wear and tear. Okay. But they're not, you're, if, if, if they don't reach a conclusion, the buyer's buying that property without being able to ask for any more repairs. All right, so a few points here. Just gonna re- reiterate, there's one date to remember. Any extension must be made in writing on an addendum. Submitting a, r- a repair request does not extend the due diligence period. A repair request does not terminate the due diligence period. All portions of a home inspection can be requested for repair. A termination fee is required to properly terminate. There is no standard for a termination fee. I get asked that a lot. Well, what should we put there? Guess what? Make it your best. What how much money is your buyer willing to walk away from a house for? If it's a million-dollar house, that may be more way more in order to get a a, a seller to accept that. It it may be. Who knows? I, I'm just using this as an example. It may be $2,000, maybe $3,000. And then North Carolina is seen some pretty significant termination fees. But I can't tell you that is up to the buyer which what they're willing to walk away from a house for and get out of a contract. Another few points to remember, use Form 313 when terminating during the due diligence period, okay? Use Form 313. Form 313 is a unilateral termination. Parties need not agree. Matter of fact, the other party doesn't even need to sign it. Okay, it's just a one party. It's a unilateral termination. Termination fee is not earnest money. Okay, so if you've heard that and I've actually heard that, I heard that this week, it is not earnest money whatsoever. Use form 518 in order to release the earnest money within the contract. So if your buyer is going to terminate during the due diligence period, you have to use form 313, provide the termination fee and then you have to also submit a Form 518, which releases the earnest money uh, back to the buyer, okay? I said that, now, that's not always gonna be the case, okay? Because God forbid something happens and the seller says the buyer defaulted on their own, they, they did this, they didn't live up to some other portion of the contract. So, but for the most part, most of the time, a Form 518 is gonna release that m- money to the buyer. A buyer can still buy as is with due diligence. If the buyer refuses to pay the termination fee, see Section 23B of the contract and talking about buyer's default. Remember you have to timely and properly due diligence terminate. And if they decide, I'm not gonna pay that, I'm mad. I'm gonna go pound sand and they're not gonna get their money. Guess what? They are going to be in default of the contract and litigation at that point, more than likely small claims court will take care of that. I'm going to get a lot of questions about that. Well, what if they decide not to pay? Guess what? What if people decide not to go through with the terms of the contract right now? What do people do? They take it to court. It's There's no difference here. It's a contract. So, uh, and by the way, yes, I'm going to answer this question multiple times. Yes, a buyer can walk away for, for the contract for any reason, any reason. Okay, so there's, let's, i get that right now. Yes, a buyer can walk away for any reason as long as they have a termination fee, as long as a seller agrees on what they're going to get paid if a buyer walks away, okay? So my point is, my point is, one can say, oh, well, this is more weighted for the buyer or this is more weighted for the seller. You have your opinion, I have mine. I believe this actually makes it fair and equitable across the board as if a seller agrees to a certain termination fee and then a buyer agrees to to whatever they want to ask for and then the seller agrees uh, or, or a buyer says, well, I want to ask for this and the seller says, no, but I'll do this. I, I believe it makes it way more equitable and fair across both rather than trying to say, well, this doesn't fall in a repair procedure, so you can't ask for this. And it, that was just too stringent and way too gray in my humble and professional opinion. All right, so coming up, we have some training from SCR. Remember, I'm not an attorney. I'm just a simple broker. so. Uh, In the real estate world and legalities, because this is a contract, um, we got to go by what the attorney says. However, for the past two, two and a half years, I've been uh, working with Austin Smallwood uh, directly on this particular change in the contract, along with the other forms committee members. And so I have a good feeling of already what he's going to say. I think I pretty well know this uh, pretty good. So uh, but anyway, uh, he's going to be here. Uh, at our new training center on April 29th at 10 o'clock. It's gonna be a 10 to 11.30 session and there's gonna be a one to 2.30 session. You can sign up on the Hub and remember that's gonna be at our new training center on at Woods Lake. All right, so continuing ed, remember if your license is expiring uh, June 30, 30th of this year, Got to get fingerprinted. It doesn't matter whether you got fingerprinted two weeks ago for your CWP, you have got to get fingerprinted, period. No ifs, ands, no buts, no pass and go, okay? You've got to do it. You got to have 10 hours of CE, background and fingerprints will be completed by Identico. That cost is $51.75. You've seen this before, a couple of weeks ago in our sales meeting. So this is just a reminder. Um, Identico is located on Orchard Park Drive. You must schedule your appointment online at that uh, e- uh, URL right there. So sc.ibt.fingerprint.com. Thrifty Tech Tips. We've seen this before as well. Okay, so if you're using Core, if you've got your agent success plan or your yeah your agent success plan uh, completed. Um, you have been added to the agent uh, round robin lead status. We create landing pages and squeeze pages to bring leads to us. And once a lead hits our system, it's gonna round robin those those leads to anybody that's in the round robin status right now. If you are still not done with your agent success plan, I would highly encourage you to finish that up so you can get in the round robin status. Uh, and when you do finish that, I do not check that every day. If you finish it up, please let me know. I'll make sure it's in there, make sure the system is showing that, and I'll get you put into that round robin lead status. You just have to let me know, because again, I don't check that every day. All right, so leads. You want more leads? We're going to talk about that. We've already been talking about the agent Success Plan, how the offices are doing that. But here's some other things. Set up your core listing machine. I tell you, this is really, really sharp. Go into core, Go to core uh, in, in, in marketing, go down to core listing machine. It's going to automatically post things on LinkedIn and Facebook for you. It's going to take our listings and post them out there for you. So you can start getting leads that way. Uh, you share an office listing on social media. Just go to, to one of our pages from uh, from within core and, and look at when you do a search, check out one of those. Just do it automatically on your on your social media and get those leads coming back to you. Uh, set up your social media resource in the Berkshire Hathaway Resource Center. Do that. It'll post to Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn one time a week for you for free. If you haven't done that, I highly encourage that. You can start looking and seeing who is looking at your stuff. And then you can start contacting those people on your in, in, on your social media. Create an AdWorks SOI campaign. This is going to cost you a little bit. You need at least 100 people in your sphere of influence. But I can tell you, I was just on weather.com the other day and uh, my my agent wife, uh, she actually came up twice on weather.com for uh, advertising herself. And I've seen a few others that had spear campaigns out there that came up on those sites. So it works. So I just wanna let you know, try to do that. Do a property boost from within core. Property boost it out. It's gonna cost us a little bit of money. It's uh, different than Facebook boosting a property boost and see what happens to get some uh, leads going in there. Create a squeeze or landing page. That's what we're doing to get leads as well. Start a 777 campaign every day to keep in contact with your SOI. Seven emails, seven text messages, seven direct messages on social media. And if you want to take it even a little bit further, send some video emails to people or video text messages. People like looking in people's faces. People like seeing people's eyes. So do that. Let's get some leads going in there for you. All right, so if you have a luxury listing and you got, uh, you don't want to uh, put in that big old sign or deliver that sign yourself, you do not need to do that any longer. We actually have a really cool guy by the name of Jarman or we call him JT seen this before again email all your sign requests the signs at cdanjoiner.com include the property address include an install or placement instructions include your client's name and contact information and request your install date that is simple that's all i need to do and a sign will be in your yard he's a great little guy you're going to love him when you see him he's got a great uh great humble smile if you and when you do see him you'll know exactly who i'm talking about All right, so again, we want to continue to say if you're a real estate agent, you probably need, no, not probably, you do need an insurance. You should be having an insurance policy, okay, to protect you from things and protect you from people that would want uh, to sue you in case they tripped over something while you're showing them a house, okay? That has happened, okay? That's the guy to call right there. Call Brad Hughes. He can set you up with a BOP or business owner policy. It's very inexpensive. Last I heard, it was about $350 per year. That can save you thousands of dollars. He also has a wire fraud rider to that. Wired 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 fraud? Wire fraud? uh, Wired? (laughs) Directly related to that. It's going to cost you a little bit more, but in today's society, well worth it. So check him out. Call Brad if you haven't done so. All right, listen, thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your Friday. It is literally... Right now on my time, twelve oh one, video has been about twenty three minutes long. I wish you a wonderful Friday, wonderful uh, uh, real estate over the weekend. If you, or if you've got to go somewhere and have a vacation or or rest and relaxation, wish every one of you a great weekend. Appreciate every one of you. I'm so proud of all the award winners. Great job, and I'm looking so forward to another great year with each and every one of you. Have a blessed day, y'all. Take care.